Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Divorce the First Six Months with Peter Maestri. I'm going to be your host, or maybe not, because we're going to do something a little different this time. This is actually the 10th episode for this podcast. So today we're flipping the script and I'm the one that's going to be interviewed. I am bringing on Abby Weiss, who is a amazing person, motivational speaker, motivational person in general. And I asked her because honestly, I figured that my story being told was something that I wanted to share with you guys because I've been having conversations and interviewing a bunch of people. But now it's time to um, to share my story. So, Abby, thank you so much for being a yes to this conversation and for taking this on. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to flip the switch and put you in the hot seat uh, for a change. It's going to be great. So before we get started, I normally don't share about who the person is that we're interviewing, but because um, you're new to this, say something so just so that the audience knows who you are sure um so like peter said my name is abby and uh abby weiss and i am someone who works with people like peter um business owners entrepreneurs in developing their story really whether that's putting their story out in a workshop a program a um you know like an online thing and um but that's kind of like where COVID brought me, honestly. For the last 17 years, I've been uh, training and developing leaders and been a leader in the transformational growth and development space. And um, it was such an easy transition to come to, now how do I get people's message out in the world? Because people are wanting to do that. So this, um, me interviewing you, I feel like is such a natural progression um, in terms of the work that we've been doing together in terms of you getting your message out. And um, I'm gonna just tell the audience of something, just since I'm technically the host. Um, So where this this, this idea came from is, um, as I I actually was leaving Los Angeles, stayed at Peter's place for a couple of weeks. He's a gorgeous home in um, the Valley. And he was gracious enough to let me and my little dog uh, stay there as I moved to Colorado. And one night we're eating dinner and you know, we've been talking about divorce. We've been, you know, he's been sharing with me about his podcast. We've been developing um, stuff that he's going to be releasing in the near future together. And I was like, I don't know your story. And for our listeners out there, you know, Peter started to tell me his story. I'm not talking to Peter, even though I'm looking at him, I'm talking to you listeners. Peter started to tell me his story and I was blown away at what he went through his willingness to not make his ex-wife like the villain necessarily in the story, his authenticity and vulnerability in sharing with me and the, like what he moved through to get to a place where he's now out to make a difference with people when they're dealing with divorce. And I said, Peter, you have to tell your story. And I don't think it took too much convincing, but he definitely, he was a yes. And now here we are, because I think that 
what you dealt with, what you went through, the way you handled it, even in your lowest points is worth giving away to people. Because I think that when you make that choice to leave something that's no longer serving you, or um, someone tells you they're leaving because it's no longer serving them, the future is so unknown and so um, scary. It can be so scary that when you hear the messages of other people who've been through it, it can give you a place to stand, ground to walk on. So, um, you know, given kind of my work in <laughs> working with human beings, so to speak, for the last 25 years of my life, um, I'm excited to do this because it's a little outside of even my own space, like what I do with people. But this message is so worth delivering. So I'm excited to, um, you know, be your partner in this. And um, I'm honored to be the one that gets to really interview you and allow your message to, you know, the mess that you had in life, like really now become the message that you give to people. So it gives them hope and, you know, freedom for a future that could be theirs. So that's what I wanted to say to start us off. And I think that you said it and you said it eloquently and elegantly. Thank so you. without further ado, I am turning over the reins. Abby, ask away. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So I'm excited to give, to have this opportunity. I wanted to just start off with something. I don't know if you've ever um, looked this up, Peter. Okay. Before I get into a question, I, I, um, I looked up the definition of divorce and the as a noun, like the thing that it is, it says total separation, disunion. So it's like the complete separation, which means that when there was not divorce present as a thing, there was union and connection. And this is the disunion of that. So I was I was given what people deal with when they're breaking up with people. I was like, this is a really interesting word that I don't think people actually look at. And I wanted to just first get your thoughts before we get into the story, because I have my list of questions. As you know, I come prepared with a notebook and a pen. Oh, Abby always um, comes prepared. That's for sure. Yes. yes. Um, I wanted to just get your thoughts on that as someone who is becoming a difference maker in this space. When you look at what that means, like total separation, disunion, what is right there for you when I say that? What, what's just like the experience? What, what do you notice about your life um, or what you've dealt with when you hear that, that definition? I think of it, uh, and I'm not a painter, but I'm going to use this, um, this example. I look at it as a, a, a canvas. So when I hear that, I see two colors. And I, I always looked at divorce as black and white. So I look at two canvases. I look at it as like a white canvas or a black canvas. Hmm. And when you say disunion and like, I see a black canvas hmm. for some people. And then for other people, I see a white canvas. For me, when it first happened within the first 48 hours, it was a black canvas. Hmm. And then I got into communication um, in with uh with people that i know that have been through divorce and then it's in within 48 hours it really became a white canvas because i knew it was going to be an opportunity so i just kept telling myself this is an opportunity this is an opportunity this is an opportunity and i really stood 
from the place of I didn't want to make her wrong. Mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, to give permission to myself and to her to decide whatever she wanted to do with her life. And when I noticed it was literally within the, the first 20 minutes of her telling me that she didn't know if she wanted to be with me and she didn't know if she loved me that I already knew that there was no hope. I looked at her. I observed the moment. You know, I'm an emotional person, but at the same time, I'm a very logical person. And I always live in the future. It's, it's how, I, how I've always been. You know, I'm always projecting in, into seeing what's, what's happening. So I see two canvases. I see a black canvas and I see a white canvas. And the reason that I started this conversation and, and have continually grown inside this conversation is because... There wasn't an outlet for me when I was going through my divorce. Like I had my coaches, I had the different things, but there was nothing like this. I wasn't, I didn't find another man talking about things the way that I talk about them, which is I listen. I don't even talk. The majority of my, the majority of my interviews, you'll see, I'm I'm maybe talking 10% of the interview. It's just people sharing their stories. And that's really where I found it to be healing. So, but to answer your question, it's, I see a black canvas and I see a white canvas. Yeah, definitely two different um, ways to look at things. And I think that you're speaking to something that's so critical for people as they deal with any kind of trauma or loss or, or significant upset, such as divorce can be, is it literally, you're going to move through one, you're going to move through spaces, right? There's going to be the highs and the lows Mm -hmm. and how you look at it is going to determine how it's going to go. Yeah. You know, so, okay. So I think that's really perfect. And it gives us some insight into you, but I want to go way back to little Peter. Okay. Or um, Enrique, as you may be known by some people. And I just want to get a sense of what, when you were a kid. So, okay, let me just back up. Like for a girl, for a woman, Mm -hmm. I have been planning my wedding since I was nine years old. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, it, the man has always been the, the variable in this scenario when I picture my wedding and I've got a few weddings planned. I've got one on the French countryside, one in Colorado here in the mountains and one by an ocean. So, you know, that way he gets some choice in the matter. I didn't want to leave him out completely, <laughs> but, um, You know, I think for women, we have this view of marriage and we think about it as a young, a young girl Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're kind of conditioned. I wouldn't even say kind of, we are conditioned within movies and things to like, our goal is to find a husband, get married, um, have kids like that. And I want to just get your perspective, um, what it was like for you when you looked into the future as a child or a young man and you looked at marriage, what was, what was your view? Was it something that you always wanted, you dreamed of, you had maybe pictured your wedding a bit or maybe pictured the woman? Was it, um, you know, like the Disney movies and <laughs> you rescue some damsel in distress because that's, you know, what we are now, but what, what was that view that you had? What, what was that future you were looking into as a young man? Whew, wow. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So let me take you to what it was like being a kid. So my mom, my dad was in and out of my life. 
Um, he would come in for like a week or two weeks every five years or so. So I don't have a father. I never had a father figure, but I did have Disney. And I loved Disney. I mean, yeah. Peter Pan, my real name is Enrique Guillermo Maestri Jr. For those of you that don't know this, I renamed myself Peter when I was about nine years old with my friends as a result of how much I love Peter Pan and the whole fairy tale and, you know, all the characters. Wow. Including Wendy. Yes, who, I love her. Wendy's, so Wendy's my boo. She was my boo when I was growing up. So just so you know. So there I am as a little kid looking at my mom being my dad, my best friend and everything in between. And she um, she never let me hate my dad or and I never understood what divorce was. I just I just knew mom and mom was dad. And, you know, and that's what was there. So I grew up looking at movies and seeing the storybook, seeing the perfect, the white picket fence. What I was left with was that marriage was a commitment that marriage was um a beautiful thing that had to do with two people working together so in my mind it was always okay it's two people building two people doing two people it and it there was something inside of growing up that gave me two people but it's a choice it's a daily choice so as I saw my mom and um, when I was five years old was the first memory that I have of my dad coming back and that and it was an amazing two weeks and then he left and then I'm looking at my mom like what's going on and then Ooh. when I was 10 he came back and then when I was like 14 and then when I was like 16 or 17 it was the, that was the last time where I looked at him and I'm like hey man you know you're not a father you're you're not even a friend if you want to get to know me we start here from scratch but you haven't done a good job you can, you can change your, your path. But I always looked at marriage as like, all right, you do it once. Mm. So when I met um, my ex, I literally looked into her eyes and, and she's the only woman in the planet that I have committed to. And I, I always told her, I go, I waited 40 years for you because mm. I was 40 at the time. I go, I waited 40 years to meet you because I was only going to do this once. So I had this complete, like I had a, a, a book of things to do. I had a world that I was, that I had created what it looked like. And it looked like partnership. It looked like, like ups and downs. It looked like communicating about everything. So like we, um, she had a, a daughter, which, you know, amazing. Like I, I'm so grateful for the experience of, of having her in my life. There was a level of love that I achieved that I would have never achieved had I not participated. And I don't regret anything, not one moment in my relationship with my ex or my, my, uh, my stepdaughter at the time. It was amazing. I got to fulfill on so many different things that have to do with, with marriage. But it was a fantasy. Mm. It was fictional because I was the only one that was playing that game. And that's where I need to be responsible because I just wasn't noticing that the other person, it, it was her second marriage, but she had mm -hmm. been with somebody for nine years prior to that. And that person raised, um, raised her daughter in lieu of the, the real father. Um, you know, we just, when I look at that, that from now, I, yeah, it was, it was completely story story like it was it was disney from i was in another world mm -hmm. like even proposing like when i met her 
when I met her, I think within two months or four months, we started living together. Within two months, I started doing videos. I travel all over the world. I'm a filmmaker. And I started doing videos everywhere that I would go, wherever she wasn't with me or, or and I would proposing to her. So I would always have the same script. I'm like, you know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Will you marry me? Will you marry me? And then on our two year anniversary of knowing each other, which we met on September 11th, I should have taken that as a, as a clue. I was trying to change things, you know, I'm transformational. I was like, I, I'm going to rearrange September 11th. It's going to mean something new for people. Mm -hmm. I was quasi successful. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I took that and I was making this video. And even in the, that video was, you know, I, I interviewed all of her friends, her family, my friends, my family, everybody had an opportunity to, to like say, you know, we approve. Um, so that was the, the level of fantasy that I had created, mm. but that's the level that I was committed to. Now there's something that I, I told her and I told her at least once a week from the moment that I met her till I said, I'm going to choose you every day of my life. So every day that I wake up, you're going to be created newly because I know that whatever we go through, we're going to go through it together. So I knew that I wanted to be with her for the rest of my life. And that what I created with her was I'm going to choose you every day until the day that I'm 99 years old on my hundredth birthday, I'm divorcing you <laughs> because you know, there's only so much I can give and it, it's a new hundred years. And I, you know, I have to commit to something new. I thought it was a joke. I didn't realize that at 43, I was going to be doing that. Uh -huh. So or 42, I don't even remember when we got the, it was last year. I'm 43 now. Yeah, I was 42 at the time. So having said that, I was, um, I was committed. I was all in. And, and I thought, I kept checking in. I kept communicating. I kept doing everything that I could do. But I didn't realize that I was in something that wasn't working towards the end. Mm. Um, well, I wasn't working. It, it really actually, two months after we got married is when things started to fall apart. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.